every single person who invests in this skill, their world opens up. What skill do you reckon I'm talking about? Well, it is that voice podcast. And in this episode, you'll hear from one of the best in the business about how to flex your speaking muscle. I'm Sally Prosser, and you're listening to That Voice Podcast. No matter who you are or what you do, your voice matters. And unless you've sworn a lifetime vow of silence, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode 16, can you believe, of That Voice Podcast. And it's my pleasure today to chat to Jacqueline Nagel, the founder of Speakable You. Let's just say if I'm the delivery princess, then Jack is the content queen. She believes, as I do, that every one of you has a valuable story to tell and she pulls those stories out of people and crafts them into compelling keynotes to captivate audiences and to catapult speaking careers. I've worked with Jack and use a lot of her tips and tricks when I write my presentations and hopefully she'll share some of those with you today. Jacqueline Nagel, welcome to That Voice Podcast. Thank you, Sally. So happy to be here. My first question, if people have listened to the podcast, they'll know this. My first question is always the same. It's could you do your job if you lost your voice? Now, I've heard you ask this on other podcast episodes, so I'm a little bit forearmed with this. And uh, the technical answer is no. I teach people how to speak. And strangely enough, they think that they should be able to hear me speak to be able to train them how to speak. So the technical answer is no. The one thing I would say, though, is since you first asked that question in your very first podcast episode, I've actually become much more... Uh, conscious of making sure that I record things that I'm doing as I go so that if that ever does happen, even temporarily, I've got a resource. Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking the same thing the other day with my stuff. I thought with all the videos that I'm making and all the courses, I literally could teach from beyond the grave. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to come and haunt us? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think about. Um, so tell us a bit more about what you do and what's the main reason people seek you out and come to you? Yeah, look, I guess I've become known, as you mentioned in the opening, I've become known for being able to really shape people's content and really get out who they are, what they know to be true about the world, and not just regurgitate that and tell that, but shape it into a way that an audience loves to hear. So it's like making people magnetic and compelling through what they know to be true about the world. So that's definitely the reputation that I'm building. But why people actually come to work with me, there's about five different reasons that that are starting to pop up. And one is they've actually discover that there's a thing called professional speaking and they can make a career out of it and they can be paid to speak and for people like yourself they go oh my god I can be paid to speak this is fabulous that's all I want to do but it's a real muscle craft to get to the best and be paid well and consistently you have to build muscle the second reason is they're professional they want to start to be paid for their expertise and so they're going to that point in their career where they realize that they can actually be paid for their expertise then there's also um, people who just need they know that they need to learn to speak and communicate better to punch through to the next part of their career for their business or their career and then there's two other ones which are the um, what I call a trip up. So one is uh, you're in business for yourself or sometimes by yourself and you're sick of losing work to people who are less qualified than you but speak a lot better than you, uh, basically speak a better game than you. And then the next one is because of what you've done in your life, your career or your business, you've had the opportunity suddenly to speak, you thought you would nail it, you didn't realise that speaking was a completely different skill set to anything else you've ever done and you bombed. You actually screwed it up. And so that's actually the five reasons why people end up in my world. 
of course, I'm on the same page as you with promoting the importance of speaking. And, and I definitely believe that if you can speak well, it will beat any email, any 50-page report, any carefully crafted text. Yeah. It's always the best way to connect. Why do you think that is? I think it's because it's actually that in real life, that IRL that we're all using in our text messaging now, you know, in real life across social platforms, the only way that you can actually, you can build a lot of trust and connection through online, through digital, through messaging and all of that sort of stuff through the virtual world. And and that's borne out, dare I say it, by the fact that some people can actually, you know, date somebody, build a relationship with somebody on the other side of the world and suddenly it's all on. So that bears out. But I think to build true connection and true belief and true trust is that person-to-person connection, which happens in real life when you speak. And if you don't learn to speak well, people don't know what they should be listening to from you. And whilst that sounds crazy, if you just um, are constantly saying whatever comes to mind, just winging it, just thinking about what's important to you and not actually learning how to speak really well, you might be able to build connection, especially if you're a party person. You might be able to, and really outgoing. You might be able to build connection, but you can never take people with you. So if you want to take people with you on a journey, you have to learn how to speak well in real life person to person and that doesn't mean it has to be one-on-one it can be one to many but you have to learn how to speak well if you want to be able to persuade people to consider a different point of view i can speak firsthand to this i'm in the business of delivery and how you say something's really important but what i've had to work on is developing the right language yes because it's one thing to be able to deliver well and have passion and all of those things but, but over time i finding the right words is so critical. Yeah. I had this really interesting session with, um, so Ashley Kurek, who was the mindset coach for Kerry Podhouse and Natalie Cook, and when they won gold in Sydney at the Olympics. And he said something that was really interesting when I spent some time with him a few years ago. And he said, if you want to be successful in something, you must learn the language of it. Everything you want to be successful in has its own language and has its own rhythm. And we forget about that when we're speaking. And, you know, we're working together on a project at the moment and I'm actually critiquing and reviewing scripts. And there was one paragraph for one of our speakers that hasn't sat right with me right from the start. And the paragraph is probably about 150, 180 words. So not a small paragraph. And finally, this afternoon, I got it and we changed one word and it completely shifted the entire paragraph. And, you know, it's, it's that simple and yet that complex. And so, you know, if you want to be a great speaker, it's not just about storytelling. It's not just about structure. It's not just about having the right stages and having the right people and finding the right audience. It's about actually building the craft of language because without that, you are dead in the water and you will never be able to wrap up an entire room with you. Yeah. And would you say that's the biggest mistake you see people make? There's a number of mistakes. There's a, I, could go on for, I could go on for days with the mistakes. But the main mistakes that I see when it comes to speaking is actually lack of preparation, believing that just because you can't speak, you are a speaker. And so therefore having an element of winging it, not putting effort into scripts, not understanding that scripts aren't about you. Scripts are actually about getting the content right, getting the story right, getting the structure right and rewiring your brain to the language that you should be using. So the scripts are actually nothing about you and everything about serving your audience. The second thing is, is that people underestimate the power of a single word. You know, Tony Robbins has a um, a saying, and I don't quote a lot of Tony Robbins, by the way, but he does have one saying that is, um, words have the power to build and the power to destroy. And we have to remember that that's how powerful they are. So, you know, the only way that we can recreate an experience, a picture, an emotion in somebody else's 
um, being when they're in our audience is through the language that we use. The only way that we can build a vivid picture or minimize something is through the words that we use. So I see people all the time not investing in language, speaking how they would speak to a particular audience or, you know, bringing in jargon. And, and I think the other day we were in a conversation, you talked about Australianisms when we were working with some of our clients, you know, those isms and those jargon and, and that acronyms and things like that. So that's one of the mistakes I also see with that all the time. And I guess the other mistake that I see is people think because they've suddenly got an opportunity to speak, that they should polish up their speaking and their language. And what happens is you end up with these generalizations that actually ends up being an narrated piece of speaking. And so you don't end up with connections. So quite often the most common question I'm going back to my clients with is how would you say this if we were having a conversation over a glass of wine? Use those words, be that specific. Don't say he, she, name them, you know, name them, say who, what, when, where were you, what did it look like, what could you hear, what could you feel, like use the language you would use over a glass of wine. And so that's those three things together, as much as they sound really, oh, yeah, they are so critical to building the skill. So what are three things that people can do to make their content really sing when they're speaking? Yeah, so one of them is actually around what I just hinted at then, and it is in using your words on purpose. So it is in actually making sure that you use your the words and the language that you have to ignite all of the senses. So when you take me into a story, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What's going on around you, inside you? What are you connecting with? Who's the character that you're speaking to or with? Name the specifics. Set the time up. Time frames everything. So tell me where you are. It's 5 p.m. on Saturday, the December the 21st I'm a little black cocktail like tell me the detail to bring it to life that's how it sings but don't do that for every part of the story so stories need to be shaped you know and this is one of the biggest things that we do with people we need to shape stories they need to actually speak to what your core message or your core outcome is going to be of what this is so shape the story and drop it into the moments that count for that message so you know go into three to five key points of the story and drop me in those moments, bring them to light, ignite the senses. A, a storytelling, and I guess you would see this as well, everybody knows we have to tell a story, like everybody gets it. There's something like 45 million hits on Google when you talk about storytelling and you put it into the search bar. Everybody gets it, but most people are just doing this chronological unfold and it's like this monotonous. If you thought about the tone of a story, it would be monotony. So find the bits that support the message and drop me into those moments and bring them together and just give me three to five. Don't give me every single detail of the entire story. So stories must be true and they must be accurate, but they must be also shaped to do what we do. And if we do that, it's really good. The other thing is that people need to get beyond, oh, if I tell my story and it just changes one person's life, then my work is done. Stop it. That's letting yourself off and that's self-indulgent crap, right? You are still actually at the stage of doing therapy from the stage if you truly believe that. And within what you speak about, you need to give something tangible. So give the audience something they can use. So it might be a how-to, it might be a strategy, it might be the first couple of questions they can ask might be the first couple of steps they can start to ask. It might be just a different way of thinking, but don't just be there to inspire and motivate. Be there to activate and do that through giving people something that they can use. I really like that. Yeah. Don't be there just to inspire and motivate. Be there to activate. Yeah. Love that. And when that happens, not only does your content sing and there's structure and story and language, but if you do that, 
even if people never use what you give them, they will always remember you. And it's really interesting because I have a tipping point model that we take all of our speakers through and it's about how do you get from being told that you're so good to people coming up to saying you're inside my head, right? And that's actually the tipping point we want to be in demand as a speaker. And, and it was put perfectly. I was asked by a speaker. He was, has a lot of stop start in his career and he's not getting the demand he wants, but he does get bookings and he gets pretty good bookings. So I went and saw him do a closing keynote at a conference and I stood with him afterwards. And, and I realized what it was, was everybody was coming up and saying, you're so good. Your story is amazing. You're so courageous. You're, and it was all about the speaker instead of coming up to you and saying, you know what, when you said that, it reminded me of this. When you said that I felt hope, I suddenly realised that I have that in me. When they started telling you what it evoked in them, then you know that you've hit the mark. When they come up, and I say this to people all the time, hearing you're so good as a speaker is the fastest way to kill your speaking career. Because if they're coming up and saying, you're so good, your story's amazing, I don't have the courage like you, I couldn't do what you did, blah, 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 they haven't, it hasn't landed for them. But they came up and said, you know, because you showed, because you said this, I now think I just might be able to do that. When you said that, it reminded me of this. Like when they can give you that response, then you know that you've landed. I absolutely agree. And that's something that I work on as well. It's about making people f- relate your content to them. So you talked about killing a speaking career. Yeah. How do you even start a speaking career? <laughs> Well, first of all, is not get on every single stage and just speak. <laughs> That's the advice. So um, there's a couple of things here. So one is um, you need to get started. So you do actually need to build some muscles. So you do need to invest in training and education because no matter how much you think you can speak naturally, it is a muscle build. You and I both know, you know, you've done, you've come at it from a different angle to me, but we both know it's a muscle build. There's structure, there's strategy, there's theory, there's techniques, there's ways of doing things. That's number one is actually be prepared to invest in the muscle. Um, The second thing is, is making sure that you have something worth saying. So, you know, um, I've always had the mantra that everyone has a voice and everyone deserves to be heard. And, and, but I've actually started to learn that not everybody should be heard. Right. And that's, <laughs> that's been quite a shift for me. So I, I still meet everybody with the expectation that you have a voice that deserves to be heard, but you need to have something of value to say. So a lot of people, not a lot of people, probably about 5% of the people that I meet should never take the front of a room because the experience and the knowledge isn't theirs. So they've gleaned out of a textbook. They've worked alongside someone else. They um, it's important that they get their story out, but they have no, Um, care and regard for the state they leave their audience in so not everybody you need to have something of value to share you need to be able to hold the space right so that's the next thing I believe everybody has it within them to give a great keynote or a great speech or a great presentation but I also believe that not everybody should be on the stage at the point in life that they're at right now so number one is invest number two is have something of value to share and the Third thing is, so I listened to a speaker bureau panel, so a panel of speaker bureau owners in the US about 18 months ago. And the question was asked, when should we pitch you? As in, if you want to be represented by a bureau. And the response floored me at the time, and I've become a passionate believer about it. And I'll tell you why in a moment. But the response was, don't pitch us. Don't ever pitch us. Be so good that we come to find you. Be so good that you suddenly end up on a program that we expected our speakers to get. Be so good that one of our speakers hears you 
and comes back and says, have you heard Sally Pross? Oh my God, she's amazing. She was on this, she spoke at NAB, but just ahead of me and she was incredible. You really should. So be so good that we come and find you. The second part of that answer is there's also irrefutable truths about not approaching a bureau too early if you're going to act, just ignore my advice and go anyway. And that is that you have to have your collective collateral together, right? You must have a signature keynote, at least one. You must have a, a speaker reel done to the standard that bureaus want. And that is not what most video producers in Australia are doing, which is a sizzle reel. They don't want a sizzle reel. They want a speaker reel and there's a distinct difference that you must have your one sheet done. You must have testimonials. You must have social proof. You must have a following or a following growing. And you must be able to give them a clear and concise insight to your specific message within 30 to 60 seconds of meeting you. You have to have a lot. <laughs> yeah, you do. You know, this is not, you know, in the US, there's, um, I do some work in the US. And the US is quite amazing because, like, a bureau will not look at you until you have all of that. Australia's a little bit more lenient, right? But if you actually want to make a go of it, you have to actually have that collateral in place. So you can get to between three and $5,000 regularly with a gig with a pretty average one sheet, speaker one sheet, and a little bit of a go at a couple of things and a few presentations that you do. You can absolutely, but to get a consistent paid speaking career on the stages that you want where you're averaging $8,000 and above per gig or $6,000 and above per gig, you must have the collateral in place. You must have the social proof. And it is not a game for amateurs right? It is a muscle build. It is, you know, you can have an incredible paid speaking career, but you have to have, there are some irrefutable truths. And trust me, I've tried to work my way around them. <laughs> not just for my sake, but for the sake of the people that I meet who are so clever and have got so much to say and so much to offer the world. I just want to accelerate it, but you actually can't. You actually have to get these things in place. Yeah. And if anyone's listening, thinking, geez, well, I did want to become a speaker, but after hearing all that, I don't know where to start. Well, this is exactly what Jacqueline Nagel does. I'm sure lots of people are now inspired to start on this journey of speaking better. And keeping in mind, you don't have to want to take on stages around the world no. to work with you. So I'm really passionate that speaking is the one thing that unlocks possibility. Speaking is like, you know, when, when I, and I watch my clients and some people are just learning to speak to improve their confidence sometimes, you know, or to be able to get up in front of the room and do their 10 minute pitch in a networking room or do their, like there's all different reasons. It's not just the very big reasons. But what I notice is Every single person who invests in this skill, their world opens up. I'm just reading a book at the moment, which is phenomenal. And they talk about how um, in the um, recruitment of astronauts for NASA, they make sure they can speak because as astronauts, they have to speak with um, media, government. They have to not only know how to communicate what it is we're actually doing in a way that gets connection, but they have to inspire the next generation coming through so we can continue the journey. So one of the top criteria for astronauts at NASA in recruitment is they have to be able to speak well. That should be, it should be criteria for more jobs, I say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> can you imagine how much life, how much better our life would be if people had to learn how to speak properly before they stepped into space? I say that is the only requirement I would meet to become an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Nothing else whatsoever. <laughs> Nothing science or maths or physics, but hey, I can speak.
<laughs> so finally, how can people work with you? How can they find you? Look, the easiest way is to find me via Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm very accessible in both those forums. We have a free Facebook group, which is a lot of, you've seen the content we put through that. We have um, 12 month skills development program for people who are not quite sure just how much they can invest. Um, we have three day workshops and 12 month mentoring programs for people who need speaking driven strategies for their business to rise. So there's a number of ways, the website speakableu.com, um, but find me on LinkedIn or find me via Facebook. I'm happy to have a chat. Jacqueline Nagel, thank you so much for coming on That Voice podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun chatting with you, Sal. Thanks for listening to That Voice podcast. To get in touch, head to sallyprosser.com.au.